CIUT 89.5, the sound of your city. Stream CIUT at www.ciut.fm. Hello and welcome to another edition of The More the Merrier with Donna G. Coming up on today's show, the focus is the Toronto Irish Film Festival. And joining me first up will be John Galway, who has been involved in the film industry for many years. Uh, He is a member of the Producers Roundtable of Ontario and the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television. He also sits on the board of the Canadian Film Festival. He's the co-founder of the Toronto Irish Film Festival, which will be running at the TIFF Bell Lightbox, March 24th to the 26th. And joining us again in conjunction with the Toronto Irish Film Festival is a friend of The More the Merrier with Donna G, Adam Seelig, who is the founder and artistic director of One Little Goat Theatre Company. Adam is a playwright as well as a director of stage. Now he's a director of screen. His chapter one of Finnegan's Wake uh, will be part of the Celebration of Joyce, a section of the Toronto Irish Film Festival. And Adam and I will be discussing Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. And uh, this is, as I say later on in my interview with both John and Adam, a book that I was supposed to read in university years ago, but never did. But in my discussion discussion with Adam, I have a different experience now, and I'm looking forward to see how he has filmed Chapter One with Richard heart. This is Donna G and this is the more the merrier. I can be reached at TMTM with Donna G on Facebook, Instagram, and still Twitter. So keep it locked to CIUT however you are listening, whether you're listening by radio or listening via the web, www.ciut.fm. Stay tuned. I'll also have, of course, some music for you. So 
You're listening to The More, The Merrier with Donna G. My guest right now is John Galway. He is the co-founder and executive director, as well as the lead programmer for the Toronto Irish Film Festival. John, welcome to CIUT. Welcome to The More, The Merrier. Thank you. Hi, Donna. When I looked at your website, John, the Toronto Irish Film Festival, toirishfilmfest.com, and I clicked on Our Team and I saw you, um, and I know from uh, interviewing people with smaller film festivals, there's got to be more uh, people behind the scenes. I, I'm the, the the permanent member, I guess, would be the best way to put it. We have a volunteer board um, of people um, in the Irish community and also in the, in the film industry, um, and some volunteers who help out. And then, of course, um, we have a little bit of a, a programming team. And each year that kind of changes to, depending on people's uh, availability and timing. You know, I think that's one of the challenges for all of the, the small festivals in Toronto and other places is keeping continuity through through the years. But, um, you know, it's also wonderful how volunteers and, and people help out along the way. How long has the festival been around? This is our 13th uh, annual. Um, the last two, uh, I guess, during the pandemic, we managed to have our 10th anniversary right before lockdown, um, you know, when we were all in that zone of not knowing exactly what was going on and what our lives would be like <laughs> for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we kept the festival alive with um, being online and then also some pop-up mini uh, events when, you know, certain periods in Toronto where there was kind of um, more more ability to, to open up the theatres. 
Um, but it feels really great to be back with a full slate, all in theater at the Tip Bell Lightbox. What gave you the impetus to start this festival? Because there's so many festivals in Toronto. Yeah, well, um, I was we were sitting around with my co-founder, Michael Berry, and just kind of um, we're both uh, of Irish descent, Irish Canadians. And, you know, thinking about um, the, the films that were starting to come out of Ireland, and uh, I think certainly over the run of our festival, that both that volume and the uh, recognition of those films has pleasantly, you know, for us increased. Uh, if you look at the Oscars this year, it was a really good year for for Irish film, obviously. Um, and we knew that there was a big Irish community in in Toronto and in Mississauga and Hamilton and other areas. So we just kind of said, well, if you know, rather than sitting and talking about doing it, it's time to actually do it. And we started with one film at the Innes uh, Town Hall. We put up one film to see if anyone would come um, and it sold out and we kind of knew we were on to something. What was the film? It's called The Yellow Bittern. It's about uh, Liam Clancy, who was part of a kind of Irish folk uh, musician um, who, like most musicians, kind of had ups and downs through his life. But uh, it really struck a chord with the community. It was kind of, you know, right, right on message, I guess. And then people said, oh, you've got to do this next year. Yeah. And that's when we moved um, to the Tiff Bell Lightbox. It was just kind of as the Lightbox had opened. And, you know, that's a perfect home for us. And we kind of grew it slowly but surely. And now it's um, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday festival, which feels like the right uh, size and scope for kind of the production volume and the, the amount of films that Ireland puts out each year. And um, it's a good place to be. And you're running this year from March the 24th to the 26th. And uh, tickets are quite reasonable, uh, $15 or $12.50 for students and seniors. Being at the Tiff Bell Lightbox is definitely, you know, an accessible place for most people to, to get to. So that's fantastic. And they're handling your box office as well. Now, mm -hmm. I want to talk about the opening night film because, you know, it has one of my favorite um, Irishmen, uh, Liam Neeson. So Ireland is a, an IMAX 3D film, similar to, you know, if you go to the Science Centre, you might see one on the Amazon or on volcanoes or something. This is about uh, Ireland and Liam Neeson is the uh, the narrator. So uh, his voice will be, you know, front and centre for you. Um, and it, it follows really a, a group of musicians as they kind of tour the island of Ireland. And, you know, we'll have a lot of the the beautiful scenery and the, the main uh, stopping points from the Giants Causeway in the north to the uh, Michael the Skellig Michael uh, where Star Wars was shot and the Wild West Way and so it's a real kind of postcard to Ireland and it's teamed with a shorter film called Nothing to Declare mm -hmm. and uh, I watch a trailer for that and I'm thinking uh uh this could this can't happen today. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, me being slightly cheeky because one's about kind of uh, flying to Ireland and seeing, you know, the beautiful uh, Ireland and then uh, Nothing to Declare is about two two Irish kids who, um, when they were younger, they're now kind of in their mid-30s, but when they were younger, developed a habit of traveling and they started by just hopping on the ferry and going to to the UK and then one day they just kind of left the house and decided to fly to New York and managed to talk their way and convince their way uh, through multiple airports and end up on their own little self-guided tour of New York City. Incredible. Wouldn't happen today. Wouldn't In happen today. Incredible. Luckily, some of your films have already sold out. 
So the quiet girl and only child have sold out. Congratulations Thank to that you. happening in advance. And um, a celebration of Joyce, which you had to have considering the anniversary. And I'll be talking to um, Adam Selig, the director of that, about um, his film in that portion. What are the other films in, in, that, uh, in that program? Yeah, so there, there's a, a main, um, they're all documentaries, but there's a main feature, which is called 100 Years of Ulysses. And it marks uh, the 100th anniversary of, I guess, Joyce's most famous book. And what many think is uh, the greatest novel ever, or the most challenging novel ever, uh, Ulysses. Um, and then it's followed up by two short films by local filmmakers. So Adams, which is a reading of the first uh first chapter of Finnegan's Wake, and he, he'll give you a bit more uh, details into that because uh, it's a, a wonderful little film and part of a larger project that he's putting together. And then the other short is about a, a Joycean scholar who uh, was from uh, Ontario and from, from Toronto and a, a professor down at the University of Buffalo, who is one of the leading uh, scholars in of, of Joyce. Um, and it, it's by a local filmmaker named Godfrey Jordan, who is uh, is also working on a kind of larger Joycean project, um, and it, it it's a celebration of his life and his contribution to scholarship. I did admit to to Adam that um, I you know couldn't quite make it through uh, Finnegan's <laughs> Finnegan's Wake, but uh, if listeners uh, tune into my interview next with Adam because it's more fun than you will expect. Um, and that's a celebration of Joyce, and that's happening on March the 25th. The opening night, um, Ireland and Nothing to Declare, is happening on Friday, March the 24th. Now, there's another film whose the trailer I saw was quite um, interesting to me, and it's uh, Roishi and Frank. Did I pronounce Roishi mm-hmm. properly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Roishi and Frank. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, so uh, we have two films this year that are in the Irish language, um, and many people are probably not familiar with the Irish language, but uh, it's, you know, an ancient ancient and indigenous language to Ireland. Um, and so The Quiet Girl was nominated for uh, the Oscar this year, uh, the international Oscar, the formerly foreign language Oscar. Uh, it, and it's sold out, but the uh, the other film, Roshi and Frank, uh, is in Irish, and it's about a woman whose uh, husband passes away and is mourning the loss of her husband and a dog shows up on her property and she's convinced that the dog is her husband coming back to, to be with her and to join her. Um, and then he ends up helping a young boy and coaching a boy in a sport called hurling, which is another uh, crazy Irish sport that uh, many think is part of the origins of hockey, but it, it's played out in a field with uh, sticks and and a ball um and um so it's it's kind of a, a sweet and charming film that would be suitable for families and it's on at 12 o'clock on sunday the 26th and it's with tides and time because i can't pronounce the the gaelic the, the gaelic yeah. title yeah that's just a a little a little animated short that's in the same language that we thought would be fun to to put it in front of the the main feature i'm glad that uh the language is is still here because mm-hmm. i know the um the british tried to stomp it out um yes. yep. in, in the in the past so i'm glad it's still going strong and i'll get a chance to to hear it 
And、mm-hmm. uh, then we have a film about a more serious topic, and that is the conflict. It's called、mm-hmm. Lira. That's happening on Sunday, March the twenty sixth at five p.m. Tell us about Lira.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, Lira McKee was、uh, an investigative journalist in Northern Ireland.、Um, you know, fairly young,、um, and、uh, as a journalist, covered a num- number of topics. But she was、uh, unfortunately killed during、uh, an, an incident that marked. Uh, ironically, the Good Friday、uh, Agreement, which is the agreement that has generally brought peace to Northern Ireland,、um, and so it's a celebration of her life. The filmmaker、uh, was Alison Miller, was a friend of hers growing up, so she has you know particular、um, knowledge and access of of, of Lyra's life.、Um, but I think what's special about the screening for us is that. Lyra's sister、uh, lives in Canada, lives in Bowmanville, and and she'll be joining us for a little more, you know, in in depth conversation about about Lyra and and about、uh, what the family has gone through since her murder.、Um, and I think it'll be a pretty emotional night. Oh, definitely, definitely, a film that.、Um... I've screened, and I'm glad that more audiences will get a chance to see this. Is、uh, Young Plato?、Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to leave it to you to tell the audience what、uh, this special little film is documentary is about. Yeah, so it's it's another film. It's it closes out our festival. It's a, another film about Northern Ireland, but、um, uh, you know, a really kind of hopeful and forward looking、uh, film. It's about a. A school master principal in in Northern Ireland at a, a an all boys school, you, you know,、uh, young students, who is teaching them the Greek philosophers,、uh, so Plato and and others,、um, in in a way of kind of helping them to、uh, question the world and, and look at the world、uh, beyond kind of you know the way that maybe they're being.、Um, Less challenged at home, I guess, or you know, trying to break out of kind of some of the prejudices that continue the conflict,、um, in in a way to build a better future for themselves.、Um, so that's a clearly a unique approach, and it's in a particularly kind of working class neighborhood, the Ardoin, where a lot of the conflict、uh, took place.、Um, And he also happens to be a big Elvis fan, so he's always singing、uh, Elvis uh, throughout <laughs> throughout the documentary. But it really, I think, is a you know hopeful look at the way that education、uh, can change can change lives and build a better future. And I think、um, this film will resonate、um, with people who live here who are from conflict zones. You know, just looking at a different way of resolving. Uh, conflict, especially when it's、um, multi generational, exactly.、And、that's what stuck with me. Be- beyond, besides the fact that you know this teacher is hilarious and sings Elvis, it's like you have these little kids, you know,、um, debating,、um, you know, philosophically about the conflict, and、um, and also just the fact that they're from you know such a, a depressed area. And to see them moving on to different schools, you know, despite the challenges that they face,、um, is is also wonderful and and hopeful. Yeah, and they the the film kind of concludes on them、uh, painting a mural, and you know, the murals in in areas of Belfast originally were used for political me- messaging during the conflict. So they paint a mural, which is you know about the power of education. 
Now, we don't have time to go into all of them, but we should also mention that there are several uh, short film programs. How many films in total make up the short programs? So we have uh, 31 shorts um, and there's three programs. And this year we've introduced for the first time a juried um, best short of the festival uh, prize and competition. So the jury will be at those screenings, uh, public screenings to, to have the difficult choice of, of picking the best uh, short film. Um, and this is really, you know, where we, we hope that we're showing the, the future uh, emerging talent and the, and the, the future of Irish filmmaking. There's one film, um, I'm not going to say it's it's better than the rest because I haven't seen any of them, but uh, the, the title really resonated with me and it's called Snooze. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a cute little film. It's about a couple who um, keep hitting the snooze button and, you know, we, we've all done it. And in fact, if you look at your iPhone, you'll notice that the snooze button is much larger than the stop button. Uh, and it, it's kind of a, a, a cute little comedy. Yes. So I'm glad you've included uh, short films because I like that format. Um, it's an opportunity for me to see several films in one screening and get a variety. So I'm glad that short films have opportunities such as these uh, to be seen and, you know, to uh, show you emerging filmmakers and also just filmmakers who love the mm -hmm. short film format. Yeah, and we've um, there, there's one program that's Friday at nine o'clock that we've grouped together. It's kind of it's not quite Midnight Madness because it's Friday at nine o'clock, but it's our you know quirky and dark uh, genre uh, type uh, program. And then the other two are a mixture of, of documentary and, and, and fiction you know, some more serious, some comedic. So you kind of throughout the run of a program like to um, see the, a variety of different film filmmaking styles. John, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the films. I look forward to seeing them. And um, I have tickets to give away. Thanks to you, John, and the Toronto Irish Film Festival. And I'll do that through my social media. And I'll do that through Instagram, check for the contest at TMTM with Donna G at TMTM with Donna G. I'll have a couple of tickets to give away to the opening night film so you can hear Liam Neeson's voice. Um, John, uh, good luck with the festival. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in person. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's um, St. Patrick's Day, uh, you know, this kind of weekend. And then our festival rounds, uh, closes out uh, Irish Heritage Month of the month of, of March. Uh, and we're really excited. And so thank you for letting us tell your viewers or tell your listeners rather all about it. Okay. And the website is toirishfilmfest.com, toirishfilmfest.com. All the information about ticketing is there. Just a click of the link. And again, tickets are $15 and $12.50 for students and seniors. Have a nice day, John. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Right here, right now, every day. CIUT 89.5, the sound of your city.
You're listening to The More the Merrier with Donna G. And joining me now for this interview is Adam Selig, a supporter of The More the Merrier and a long time, uh, I, I should say, I've been a long time fan of his work, his poetic theater. He is the founder and artistic director of One Little Goat Theater Company, and he has directed uh, Finnegan's Wake. Yep, a book that I was supposed to read in university, but I think I chose Ulysses instead. (laughs) And I have other people that I know who have heard of Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce, you know, Ireland's uh, premier author, but have never read the work. So Adam Selig, why did you decide that you wanted to film and direct Finnegan's Wake? Well, thanks, Donna. It's a combination of sadism and masochism that come into play here. (laughs) Uh, Ulysses by James Joyce is celebrating its 101st birthday this year. Last year was the 100th famously and um, is um, really uh, James Joyce's um, uh, largest claim to fame. Um, But after Ulysses, uh, he wasn't done. And he spent 17 years writing um, this extraordinary uh, novel, um, Finnegan's Wake, which w- would be his last, and it was published in 1939. And then um, a couple of years later, uh, Joyce, Joyce died. And uh, I love Joyce's work uh, up to Finnegan's Wake and did not know, like you, did not know this book at all. But what happened was my friend and colleague, Richard Hart, and another, Kathy Murphy, um, joined me when I was invited by a couple of uh, uh, teachers at uh, George Brown uh, University to join their reading group. This is Jordy Kaufman and Thomas Panaya, who both uh, teach there. And they said, why don't we read this impossible, this famously impossible, over 600 page um, book of uh, kind of babble. And I said, well, uh, you know, Joyce, you really do need a kind of, um, if you will, Irish guide or someone with strong Irish heritage who can also help you with this. And so Richard and Kathy came on board. And when we started reading this book, we would each take a paragraph and go around the room. Um, and or in, the, in this case, it was the Zoom room because it was in still early days of COVID. And when it, the, uh, it was Richard's turn to read, he read it so fluently that we all thought he had read this novel many times before. And he said, no, that was my first time. I've been reading Ulysses for, for, for years and for decades at this point, because he's part of a group in Toronto called the Anna Olivia players who perform every June 16th um, excerpts from Ulysses, but he'd never read this. And he was a total natural. Um, It's like, as if you had um, tossed a vial into someone or handed it to them would be wiser. And yes, they'd never definitely. played it before. <laughs> they'd never played it before. And then they just brought out uh, some extraordinary sonata. And, and, and what happened was the book started to, I don't, I'm not going to say make sense because it never makes sense, but it started to become incredibly funny to us. Um, and all kinds of uh, ways that Richard was reading this was really, really tickling us. And, and after we, we, we met for, for, for months, this group, uh, we would meet once a week and read. And eventually everyone was saying, Richard, you really have to 
get this reading of you doing Finnegan's Week. We need to get this on tape somehow. So that's how it started. It really all came out of a pandemic reading group of Finnegan's Wake that Richard seemed to just uh, light on fire in the best possible sense. That's a fascinating um, story uh, because I think maybe if I'd been introduced to Finnegan's Wake that way, I would have kept reading. So Richard really has it. I'm going to play um, a couple of pieces a couple of short excerpts from your film. Yeah. I'm going to play excerpt um, the first page and uh, so people can hear um, what it's all about. Sounds great. And one thing, if I may, Donna, mm -hmm. um, I think that as people listen, um, it's great to just let go of what does it mean and really just enjoy the sound because Joyce was after um, the sound of water. He himself even said it is an attempt to subordinate words to the rhythm of water. And it's a really profound kind of flow. I mean, you and I talk about flow, flow in, in how in conversation, flow in music. Here it's flow in words that he wants to bring as close to water as possible. So I think if people can just tune into that and enjoy the sort of river run of these words, um, then I, I think they will uh, they'll have a good time listening to Richard reading the first page of uh, Joyce's Finnegan's Wake. River run, past Eve and Adams, from swerve of shore to bend of bay, brings us by a commodious vicus recirculation back to Hoth, Castle, and environs. Sir Tristram, Billet de Mar, for over the short sea, had passing Corby arrived from North Armorica on this side, the scraggy isthmus of Europe Minor, to wield or fight his penis at war. More than topsoil's rocks by the stream, or call me exaggerated themselves, the Lawrence Kemp gorgeous, while they went Dublin, their month were out of time. Nor a voice from a fire bellows, Monsieur, Monsieur de Tautour Petrick. Not yet, though very soon after, had a kid's cat butt ended up Landau's eyes. Not yet, a was fair in Venetia, where Sassy Setters rock with one maiden jaw. Rot a peck of pa's mother, gem or shen brewed by arc light, and Rory into the Regan brows to be seen ringsome on the aquaface. The fall. Baba Balder Garata Camino Roncon Blonde Honor on two on Don Trova Unalcon Two on the Knock Of a once one straight old power. It's retailed early in bed and later on life down through all Christian minstrelsy. The great fall of the off wall entailed at such short notice the snoot of Finnegan. Air solid man. That the hunty hill head of himself promptly sends an unquiring one where to the west in quest of his tumpy tom toms and the upturned pipe point place is at the knock out in the park where oranges have been laid to rust upon the green since Devlin's first loved Livy. If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking to Adam Seelig, who is the, the director of this piece, Finnegan's Wake, featuring uh, Richard Hart. And I just love the sound of it, Adam. I'm so glad. Yeah, Richard, Richard reads it so well. He's such a natural with it. And that, that approach of flow, uh, he really does have the flow going. It's, uh, it's, it's 
we're really lucky that we have Richard to, to guide us, as it were, through this um, incredible and bewildering novel by James Joyce. Now, you filmed, when did you film this? We filmed it on the last day of August, uh, so August 31st of 2022, mm-hmm. and edited it. And we decided to make a film of it instead of um, a, a purely an audio recording, much as the audio is terrific. And we'll put it out on audio as well. But the video, uh, which eventually we, we hope to make uh, widely available through the likes of YouTube, um, uh, we, we wanted it that way because then people can have an audio video book where they can actually treat their screen um, watching Richard read this um, subtitled and use it as the text itself. So all um, editions of Finnegan's Wake are, are standardized. So every page 18 is the same. Every page 25 is the same. So people will be able to um, really watch and listen along and read along with Richard and appreciate uh, the extreme level of difficulty in all of these neologisms and made up words uh, that he's pronouncing with such ease. And he makes them sound like, uh, like words that you're, you're familiar with. And the other reason it's wonderful to have the video um, and not just the audio uh, is because uh, it's uh, Richard is a, is a, is, a natural born live theater actor. So we can have him reading for a live audience. And because um, I I firmly believe, and I think a lot of people would agree with me that Finnegan's Wake is a comedy. It's really, it'd be really strange to have him reading in isolation. You know, comedy needs is comedy is about people getting along. It's not just about getting it. And you do have an audience. We heard people laughing as he was uh, performing. Exactly. So how was that audience chosen or selected? Um, It was, it started with really our reading group. And as we keep filming um, Finnegan's Wake, uh, because this film is just of chapter one, it's an 86 minute film of just of chapter one alone. So we have another 30 hours to film another 16 chapters. And each chapter will have different audiences. So the next chapter which is uh, much shorter, it's only 45 minutes and um, is uh, I I think a little more widely or just as widely uh, accessible, Um, we'll probably do that in front of a larger pub audience, for example. So each chapter, uh, there are other chapters there, Donna, that even I don't wanna hear or see because they're just so impossible. Um, So those maybe will have a a more intimate audience. So each chapter I think will, will will kind of decide for itself, who its audience should be. So you are committed to this work. We're committed and we'll see. We have another, I'd say, six years of filming this at the rate of uh, a few chapters a year. And um, it took Joyce uh, nearly two decades to write it. I think uh, for us to do about half a decade in filming it is, is not uh, compared to, the, to what he achieved there is, is really not much of a hill to climb. Nevertheless, uh, it, 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 is a, it is a famously challenging novel and we will have some moments where we definitely crack our skulls on it, but most of it is really guided by the sheer pleasure of discovering in every page, in sometimes even every line, uh, just some, some wonderful turns of phrases and sounds and meanings and just all of it coming together in, in, in ways that only Joyce could achieve. No one can even imitate this. Okay. I'm going to play um, something that you sent me called a prank queen. Um, 
Yeah. And then we'll talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And this one, if I could set it up too, is to say that the that Joyce tapped into every register of um, uh, language, of, uh, of uh, storytelling, of communicating. And the prank queen is modeled on fables and, and um, uh, bedtime stories. So we're only going to hear the beginning of it, but you'll see there is very much a once upon a time quality to the story about this uh, terrific pirate-like um, Gracie O'Malley-like character, the prank queen. Okay, let's take a listen. It was in the night, late, long time ago, in an old stain held, when Adam was delving and his maddening spinning water since when Mulk Mountain Naughty Man was every bully and the first little little lover that ever had a lane way, everybody to his lovesick and eyes, and every Billy lived a love with everybody else. And Yarvan Hooter had his burnt head high up in his lamp house, laying cold hands on himself. <laughs> And his two little Jiminy's cousins of our Christopher and Hilton, where kick a heel in their dummy on the oilcloth floor of his home right castle in Orton House. And be Dormouth, who come to the keep of his inn, only the niece of his in law, the prank queen. And the prank queen pulled a rosy one and made her wait for Ninsta door. And she lit up and fire and was ablaze. And spoke she to the door in her petty Perusian. Mark the wands. Why do I am a look alike a pass upon the peas? And that was how the scorpishes began. But the dower had warded her grace in Dutch Nassau, shot. So her grace and Alice kid snapped up the Jiminy Christopher and into the shandy westerness she rain, rain, rain. And Yarvan Hooter wallaced after with soft of skull. Stop, Dave, stop, come back to my ear and stop. <laughs> and she smiled and did to him. <laughs> and that's the prank queen, uh, an excerpt read by Richard Hart, performed by Richard Hart as part of Finnegan's Wake, the film directed by Adam Selig, uh, with whom I'm speaking. And I, j- just hearing that, Adam, I want to hear more. It's yeah, that, I'm, I'm it's glad. Like, and like, people who people who do want to hear more, we'll, we'll, uh, we're, we're going to be showing it at the Toronto Irish Film Festival, which is screening at TIFF, uh, TIFF Bell Lightbox on Saturday, March the 25th at night at eight, eight o'clock, I believe. And, um, and, and we will show the entire Prank Queen uh, section, the, the, our, our film of Richard reading that. So anyone who wants to hear the whole thing um, soon can, can join us on the last Saturday uh, in March for the uh, Irish Film Festival. How did you get involved with the festival? I mean, John, I, know it's a, yeah. I know it's a natural match, you know, James Joyce Irish Film Festival, but how did you connect with uh, John Galway? Well, so that's exactly, it, 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 it's a tr- Toronto Irish Film Festival, and we have two things that are very firmly represented in our film of Finnegan's Wake, Chapter One. One is uh, is the Irish component. Richard Hart himself was born in Dublin, uh, born and raised half in Dublin, half in Halifax. Um, so he himself is that strong Irish component. The work he's reading by James Joyce, Finnegan's Wake, is of course famously Irish, 
And uh, the Toronto component is we're all Torontonians. We all live here. And throughout this film, we included some montages in the city of Toronto that loosely and sometimes a little more closely relate to moments in chapter one. So, for example, the opening montage, which people coming to the Toronto Irish Film Festival um, will will see, is um, footage that we have around the beautiful Don River of Toronto. Um, and uh, it is uh, related to that opening line, that uh, open, opening word that Richard reads from the novel, which is River Run. So that's how I connected with the Toronto Irish Film Festival. I, I approached John and told him we have something that's very Irish and very Toronto. And he said, come on board. And we'd love uh, for people to see some of what you're doing. I listened to excerpt uh, four, um, a thunder word, and yeah. I'm going to play it because I want to tell you what my connection is and what my surprise was when okay. I heard it. So great, great. Uh, let's listen to it. Let me shut the shutter clock. Poor God, we'll score a bog, we'll have duck on air, drum, grab a gun, throw a thorn around and get it fake until he pulls a little canine. Now, um, <laughs> the thing that got me, got my ear, was the word duppy because I'm Jamaican and I'm familiar with the word duppy, which is, you know, a ghost that comes in the night. So um, tell me uh, about the languages uh, used in Finnegan's Wake. So Joyce was not content with English alone, as uh, many know, he, he draws on as many languages as possible throughout this novel and the place where he the, the the passage that we just heard that that short clip um, was the end of the prank queen episode. So um, this is a moment where this this uh, this duppy or some kind of ghost like wind or something uh, shuts finally uh, shuts the door on this prank queen and then there's a big uh, moment of thunder. And so when we think about Joyce drawing on all of these uh, languages uh, from, from as many, and, and cultures from as many regions around the globe as he could. Um, there's nowhere he does it more than in the thunder words. These thunder words are 100 letter words that he's included throughout the text um, to represent thunder. And they tend to be uh, the word thunder in many different languages, all kind of mashed uh, together. In the case of the first page, um, that people heard earlier, that was the word thunder. And in the case here, um, we have, we have more of that, but again, from different, many, as many different languages as you could possibly draw on. So languages, cultures, it was all, um, really, uh, grist to the mill for, for, for Joyce. The 86 minute film, you mentioned that you, um, you know, you, you, sh you shot, did you shoot outdoors a lot? Cause I haven't seen the film. So the film is almost entirely, Richard, I'd say 95% of it is, uh, or may, let me put it this way, 90% of it is Richard Hart reading Finnegan's Wake in front of an intimate live audience um, indoors uh, in a living room in Toronto. That is the main part of the film. Then uh, the last 5% of it is a terrific Toronto folk singer named Kevin Kennedy singing the Finnegan's Wake folk song from which Joyce took his title. The folk song has uh, an apostrophe in it. And Joyce took the title of that, removed the apostrophe and said, there's the title of my novel. It's not just Finnegan's Wake or the celebration of Tim Finnegan's life, 
um, after his death, but it is a Finnegan's wake, Finnegan's awake or arise or uh, uh, revive. Um, And for Joyce, that folk song about Tim Finnegan, who goes to work um, uh, a little bit tipsy, uh, climbs up on a ladder, falls to his death, and at his wake, when a drop of whiskey drops on his lips, is revived, became this um, universal story of humankind's cycles, the the rise and fall and rise and fall and rise again of humanity. Tim Finnegan lived in Watland Street, a gentleman Irish mighty odd. He had a beautiful brogue, both rich and sweet, and to rise in the world he carried a hod. Now Tim had a sort of a tippling way, with a love for the liquor poor Tim was born. And to help him on with his work each day, he'd a drop of the crater every morn. Back for the van, oh, dance your partner, well, the floor your chother shake. Wasn't it the truth? I told you lots of fun at Finnegan's way. One morning, Tim felt rather full. His head felt heavy and it made him shake. He fell from the ladder and he broke his skull. And they carried him home, his corpse to wake. They wrapped him up in a nice clean sheet. And they laid him out upon the bed. With a barrel of porter at his feet. And a gallon of whiskey at his head. Waxed for the dad out and see your partner when the floor your chother shake. Wasn't it the truth I told you lots of fun that Finnegan's make? His friends assembled at the wake And Mrs. Finnegan called for lunch First they brought in tea and cake Then pipes, tobacco and brandy punch Biddy O'Brien began to cry Such a nice clean corpse did you ever see and a tip of morning, why did you die? Or a hold your gob, says Maggie McGee. Whack for the dad, old dance your partner, went the floor, your chother shake. Wasn't it the truth? I told you lots of fun at Finnegan's Lake. Then Maggie O'Connor took up the job. Ah, Biddy says she, you're wrong, I'm sure. Biddy gave her a belt in the gob and left her sprawling on the floor. It was then the war did all engage Woman to woman and man to man Shillelagh law was all the rage And a row and eruption soon began Back for the dad, oh, dance your partner Well, the floor your chother shake Wasn't it the truth? I told you lots of fun that Finnegan's wake Then Mickey Maloney ducked his head When a flag and a whiskey flew at him it missed and landed on the bed. The liquor scattered over Tim. Be dead, he revives. See how he rises. The bow Timothy rising in the bed. Saying, whirl your liquor around like blazes. By the thunder and jazes, do you think I'm dead? Back for the dad, oh, dance your partner with the floor, your chother's shake. Wasn't it the truth? I told you lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. Back for the dad, oh, dance your partner with the floor, your chother's shake. 
doesn't it? The group they told you lots of fun that Finnegan's make. Quack for the dino, that's your partner, and the floor your brother's shake. Doesn't it? The group they told you lots of fun that Finnegan's make. You know, I, I wish you had taught the course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I'm Richard, not equipped. And Richard, and Richard had been there as well. Yeah, uh, we, need, we need Richard Hart very much to get through this text. He, he really is. He really is our guide. Yeah, he's, 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 he's really. Um, if I may, just one more thing. I, for me, when Richard started reading it, I felt like uh, it felt like uh, I was a, a child or even 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 a toddler uh, having mother goose read to me i didn't understand you know like nursery rhymes i didn't understand the meaning i was it's like almost like i was i'm in a pre-linguistic or pre-language state where this 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 sound is coming at me and somehow i kind of kind of roll with it and um so i i, I if people are open to a degree of incomprehension this is definitely the novel for them. Yeah. And will there be a drop of Irish whiskey being served <laughs> on, the, on the evening of March 25th? Only, only to dead people. You, 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 that's, that's, that's the price for admission. No, I, I will see. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that something is lined up by the Toronto Irish Film Festival. But yes, whiskey, um, the Irish root or ishkabao, that, that, that whiskey, that Irish word comes from, is um, water of life. That water is what life. that is yes. what its its origins are. Its etymology is water of life. So, um, I mean that over and over again. The, every word of this Finnegan's Wake, when you look a little closer at it, you find another angle and another angle. It's something. It's something marvelous. Um, and it, yes, strange, but truly. Um, maybe I shouldn't say but. I should say strange and truly beautiful. Yes. Now point people in the direction of your website. Yeah, people can go to One Little Goat Theatre Company's website. It's onelittlegoat.org. And there they'll quickly find a link to Finnegan's Wake and uh, descriptions we have there. We have, with the help of people like Samuel Beckett and uh, terrific uh, artist Robert Uhl and others and Joyce himself, uh, uh, Gertrude Stein and so on. I, I pull together some different sources that may help people as a kind of liner notes, if you will, to what this book is all about. And I'm really hoping it helps open the door for people to, to access this. And of course, even if they don't read any of that, if they want to come and, and, and experience Richard's reading, I'd love for them to join us at the Toronto Irish Film Festival screening at Tiff Bell Lightbox on Saturday night at 8 p.m., March the 25th. People might be surprised to hear Robert Gould's name mentioned. Yeah, it Robert Robert Wool had uh, for many of your listeners will be familiar with his work from the Art Gallery of Ontario AGO exhibit last year. And um, is it okay if I just uh, quote Wool's um, uh, comment before his exhibit? Of course. So he he had a retrospective in 2022, and and he made an observation not about Finnegan's Wake. Um, it, was, it was really about Indigenous storytelling and ancient storytelling. And it reminded me very much of Joyce. This is what uh, Robert Uhl has to say. He says, the lack of a linear chronology in myth, storytelling, and dreams, the interchangeable grammar, and the interchangeability of perception is what makes wonderful rhythmical patterns of thought in the oral traditions 
of the ancient ones. And it's in that, so now that's the end of the quote. And this is me responding to it now saying that in, in that sense, I really think of Joyce uh, for all his modernism. I think of him as an ancient one. He's tapping into extraordinary oral patterns and it doesn't all make sense. And the grammar is interchangeable, like Ull says, and there's interchangeability of people and characters and what have you. But there is this extraordinary rhythmical pattern of thought. Yes. And, you know, having listened to Richard Hart, it takes me back to being a child and, you know, maybe sitting in a circle and somebody telling us a story and it, it binds everybody together. Oh, that's beautiful, Donna. The, the, the communal aspect. And this Finnegan's Wake is very much a novel that few people read on their own. Those who attempt it on their own tend to quit, but those who read it bound to others, as you put it, combined with others in community, really, really get a lot out of it. And on that note, thank you so much, Adam, for joining me to talk about Finnegan's Wake. Thank you for having me, Donna. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to The More the Merrier with Donna G. A thanks to my guest, John Galway from the Toronto Irish Film Festival and Adam Selig of One Little Goat Theatre Company. The website, again, for the film festival is toirishfilmfest.com. The festival runs March 24th to the 26th. And to reach One Little Goat, it's onelittlegoat.org. Started the show with music by Amai Kuda, and that was called Earth. And then the other song that you heard in my interview with Adam Selig was by Kevin Kennedy, and it was the Finnegan's Wake folk song. Well, I found a track, a poetry track, um, from a CD that I have called The United States of Poetry, and I thought I would play it as sort of a tongue-in-cheek to James Joyce, and it's called James Joyce by Matt Cook. But a reminder to enter the contest to win tickets to the opening night screening of Ireland, narrated by Liam Neeson, you have to go to my Instagram, which you can reach me at TMTM with Donna G. At TMTM with Donna G to win a pair of tickets to see Ireland. One lucky winner will be chosen for those pairs of tickets. Just before I leave, I want to let you know that after the poem, you'll be hearing the track Soulfisticated by flautist Jeff Kearns. Hey, they're making another karate kid. The president's going to be in it. <laughs> Thanks for all that karate, karate kid. <laughs> I wonder what James Joyce is doing about right now. You got me. James Joyce, he was stupid. He didn't know as much as me. I'd rather throw dead batteries at cows than read him. Everything was going fine until he came along. He started the Civil War. He tried to get the French involved, but they wouldn't listen. They filled him up with desserts. He talked about all the great boxers that came from Ireland like he trained them or something. Then he started reading some of his stuff, 
right as we told him to get lost, he brought up the potato famine. We said, your potatoes are plenty good. Deal with it, work it out somehow. Then he said, America must adopt the metric system. It's much more logical. We said, no, we like our rulers, go away. Thomas Jefferson said, you always get the rulers you deserve.